Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Gary Smythe on the line with us today. Uh, He's been in business for over 40 years. He's an author, a business leader, a coach, a mentor, and an agent of change. And he spent uh, basically a lifetime as the hired gun. He's passionate about his belief in taking care of customers, and he has driven, uh, <clears throat> and he's driven his business to dramatic success. His ideas are about never underestimating the power of culture have helped advance his career and have driven his businesses and the industry in general to better outcomes in quality, lead time, pricing, customer and em- customer and employee satisfaction. Uh, he runs a company called Strategies LLC. Uh, Gary, why don't you take a moment to kind of introduce yourself? I know I kind of just summed it up a little bit, but uh, people would probably want to know a little bit more about you. Sure, Leonard, and thanks for having me today. I'm happy to be here and to talk about some of the things that are that I'm so passionate about. As Leonard said, I've been in the uh, I've been in the payment card industry for just short of forty years. Uh, almost all of those years as the hired gun of, uh, there were actually three companies that I worked for during those 39, 40 years. And then I owned my own company for about six years just before I attempted to retire, which isn't going so well. Um, so I've, uh, uh, while I won't discuss the specifics of each company, the first one I was with for uh, 22 years. So it's a long time. I haven't been job hopping. And these were manufacturing companies, printing companies that printed those credit cards that you have in your wallet. Somebody had to make those. People are always so astounded by, oh, a credit card. Yeah, it's a credit card. It's in your wallet. You use it every day. And I worked for the few companies that made those cards. Typically, I was the hired gun, the chief operating officer or president and chief operating officer for absent owners, and in one case, for a private equity company. So we ran the business for them. It's a great business. It's been a great career. It's been very good to my family, and I'm happy to talk about where payment cards are going after the pandemic, Uh, but that's not my topic today. My topic today is to talk to you about culture and implementing change in the workplace, and implementing change in your lives, and in your families, and in your place of worship, and um, recognizing that cultural changes are the basis of any changes that you want to make. There's great examples out in the world right now that everybody can see, from the cultural changes needed in law enforcement. Let's pick on Minneapolis Police Department. There's some cultural changes necessary there. There's cultural changes necessary. Uh, I say this with tongue in cheek on the, on the Ellen DeGeneres show. There's cultural changes needed on the on Fox News, if you followed along with that, um, the Today Show. And in so many different companies and so many different ways, that's what I will talk about today. So, Leonard, do you want me to get started? Go ahead. Sure, let's get started. There's so many different things. There's the Ellen Show, there's the police department, there's everything else you mentioned. Where should we start? Well, that's a great question. We're going to start with, what is culture? When, When we talk about culture in the workplace or in your lives or in your TV shows or police departments or what, what is it? And why talk about it? Why is it important when you're making a change in anything that you do? Why is that? Why do we have to call it cultural? So um, it's important because it's at the foundation of every organization, business, university, or school, even the family. I'm going to pause on university. When I mentioned that places that need some cultural help, 
about the universities who have gone back to school and the students are partying and wrecking it all and now they close the school because of the virus. That's yeah. cultural. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is cultural. So um, if we believe that the only constant in life is change, we have to accept that change cannot be accomplished without cultural change at its core. Um, what is culture? Culture is a shared behavior in any organization that represents the people's perception of how leadership wants things done. Culture is the people's perception, your workers, your churchgoers, your children at the dinner table. It's the people's perception of how leadership owners of the company, father at the table, priest in a church, the people's perception of how leadership wants things done. And it can either represent the kinds of behaviors and activities that leadership created, or it could be the kind that developed as a result of lack of leadership. Yeah. Which unfortunately which unfortunately is the case so often. So it's what makes in in the business world, it's what makes your business unique. Who are you? The sum of your values, attitudes, and behaviors. Uh it's the character and the personality of your business, of your company, of your organization. Um and so when you're making changes to improve things, you're making changes to make a new product. You're making changes because the client changed the quality rules. You're making some changes because your customer said, unless you can do this in one week, every time I give you business, you don't get to keep the company. You don't get to keep the business anymore. So you're making fundamental changes to how you operate or how you live or how you act. Um, and if you don't recognize those fundamental changes to be cultural, I come to work every day and I know I punch in and I go to my machine and I run this and I do that and this is how I do it. And now you want me to change it? Okay, I'll try. <laughs> right? And two, and, right, and two or three days later, they're doing it the old way. I have some great stories about how I've, how I've really screwed this up in my life. But it was those screw-ups that showed me <laughs> showed me the right way to do this and the right way to take a look at it. And... Uh, so it's part of our lives every minute, every day. We have all these changes required. Think about the changes going on right now as businesses try to survive the pandemic. Think about these changes, restaurants. Do you think That's it's a cultural crazy. change to, to do curbside pickup instead of seat people at the restaurant? Yes, it is cultural. Do you think at the grocery store and you have to stand six feet back from the guy ahead of you and, and the guy in the next aisle is not wearing a mask and all these changes that are going on, they're cultural. The organization was built so solidly and now you're throwing a bomb in it to change it. And if you don't address the culture of it, the cultural nature of it, you won't accomplish the changes, the gas stations that need to change. I have a local gas station that added... Um, disinfectant hand spray at the pump and gloves. I thought that was fantastic. Cultural change. Yeah. Um, tra tra travel and hospitality. My goodness. All the things they're going through right now. How will they survive? A lot of hotels have closed and some are only operating with like temporary restrictions for a lot of things. Yeah, so the ones that survive, the airlines that survive, and the hotels and the restaurants, and, and there are some that will, are adapting to an, the new normal. And they're doing it by implementing cultural change. They may not even know it, but they are. The owner yeah. of the restaurant has sat down with his wife or his staff and said, you know, the only way we're going to make it is if we change from uh, sell or putting our services on open table. And instead we're going to have to, uh, I have a, a great steakhouse in my neighborhood here. It's Eddie Merlot's if anybody has ever heard of it and they're selling grill boxes. So it's a steakhouse, chicken, seafood. 
and you can go and pick up a grill box and take it home and grill it yourself. And it's fantastic, and it's all their great food that you bring home, but it's not curbside in styrofoam. You bring it home and cook. Anyway, cultural change. You get the, you get the point there. Um, other cultural change, uh, a family-owned business being acquired by a private equity group. There's a big one. Production change is necessary to meet new market requirements like PPE. Suddenly, 3M's got to make a whole lot of masks. How are they going to do that and take care of their other customers? Yeah. That's cultural. One of the things you um, mentioned is the uh, restaurant. I saw a restaurant. Um, I forget exactly where it was, but it was somewhere in the Midwest. They created a build-your-own-pizza kit, and they had uh, cars lining up like crazy yeah. for these build-your-own-pizza yeah. kits for the kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And so they're making, they've made a cultural shift. They're changing what their business was because it's the only way they could survive. There's a lot of that going on in my, uh, my payment card world. A lot of it right now. First of all, who's got cash? So everything is on cards right now. And suddenly, these financial disruptors, not banks, they're not banks, but they're called financial technology organizations. They're changing everything. And one of the things they're changing is the elimination of the card, which we're all waiting for. We've been waiting for many, many years. But they're actually going to, they're actually eliminating the card. It's all mobile pay. And all the technology that's being put in a card today that you can wave your card at a device, that's already in your phone. So uh, incredible things going on, new ways to survive. Nobody knows anything about what the new normal will be other than it will be new. We're, yeah, we'll never go I back to what we were. But yeah, I, tr I tried using Apple Pay, but I couldn't really figure it out. <laughs> well, I hope you give me a call because I just figured it out last oh, nice. month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a housekeeper in Scottsdale, and she wanted me to pay her on Apple Pay, and I had no idea how. And it's so darn simple that, you know, I should have been using it for a long time. Anyway. Right? Like, um, I've seen people, like, tap their phone, and I'm like, wow, I want to do that. I have yeah. no idea how to. <laughs> how about uh, Kodak's been in the news lately? How about, you know, they made film for cameras, for photography. Mm -hmm. And when everything was going digital, began to go digital, Kodak said, oh, no, that's not who we are. We make film. And, of course, they didn't make the cultural change necessary, and uh, now they're in trouble unless they start in the, uh, in the medical world, which I understand they're talking about. But anyway, we said Fox News and, you know, all of the Me Too stuff that went on at, went on at Fox News and the Today Show and the police departments all over the country, and I'm just having a ball. If you want to think about cultural change, just read along on the Ellen DeGeneres show, which I've never seen, by the way. But the discussions and the changes that are going on and the complaints that are being published, you watch these cultural changes she's making there and it's fat. It fascinates me. And I think it'll fascinate you, uh, Leonard and all of your listeners. Um, so when we identify something that is cultural and you want to change it, <sighs> One of my failures, I'll give you an example of something you want to change. One of my failures was I would walk around my businesses and it was almost like I had it written on my forehead. Can't they all see we're here to take care of the customer? And I got 500 people. And can't they all see that? We're here to take care of the customers. And I would talk to the supervisors and the managers and the leadership team. And, you know, this is who we are. Let's take care. And you begin to believe yourself. You, believe, you begin to believe your own nonsense. We're a company that takes care of customers because that's what I want. I'm the leader. That's what I want to do. And I was walking on one of the production shop floors one day, and I heard, heard a guy say, he used an F-bomb, and he said, uh, <clears throat> that order's only for 1,000 cards, F them, blank them, 
you know. Mm. And so, I mean, there it was, this wonderful idea I had about who we are and all we do is take care of the customers. It was one sentence from one guy that told me I failed. That's yeah. not who we are. And so it was a great eye-opener. We all have them. Um, and it's going to lead me into a, a conversation in a second. Maybe I'll just jump ahead to it right now about from now on. Well, actually, By the way, um, that's it's about title. time for a commercial break. We could hop into it okay. immediately after our commercial break. Um, if our listeners okay, wanted to find you online, Gary, where's the best place that they could find you? Well, I'm uh, uh, social media, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't have my own web page, but uh, they can always find me at gsmythe at strategiesllc.net. Cool. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week change can be a scary thing it's way too easy to stay inside your comfort zone but the world is changing and that's not going to stop without adapting yourself to the rest of life is just selling yourself short join sandra hill every week for grow your voice overcome your fears you gain insight with expert guests experiences and tools to help you navigate the change and perhaps even welcome it listen live on fridays at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com now back to grow your influence tree hey everyone welcome back to grow your influence tree leonard kim here with gary smythe gary smythe has been talking a lot about culture and the big changes that we've been seeing in our society nowadays and how that kind of affects business one of the things that we kind of left off with is one of the biggest mistakes that Gary kind of made and I think you wanted to get into a little bit more detail about that right Gary well and I, I have a number of mistakes and you know I know we don't have all day but I could go on for a month um, but I wanted to jump ahead just for a second to talk about from now on or the from now on syndrome which we all have. Imagine you're a parent and you have two young kids and you're really disgusted and you say, that's it. From now on, you're going to bed at 8.30 every night. That's it. And maybe you pull that off for a night or two or even three, but it never works, does it? And we do that in the workplace. Not really, no. Leadership uh, you know, we do it in relationships. From now on, I won't do that anymore. We do it in business all the time. We stand before our staff or even our customers 
or our business associates, and we say, you know what, going forward, here's what we're going to do. From now on, we won't do that anymore. Looking ahead, so whenever you're in a from now on moment or any of the other words that mean the same thing, whenever you find yourself saying that, you're in deep trouble because the change that you're talking about making won't happen. There are so many things that have to be put in place to be sure that we make that change happen and keep it so that it maintains itself and becomes part of the culture. From now on, and I hope, Leonard, you take this home and and your listeners think about how many times in their lives they say from now on, I still catch myself saying it. Yeah, from now on, I just won't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't work, does it? It's there's much more that needs to be put in place. So where do we begin? How do you know? Why are cultural changes so difficult to implement? No one likes change. Behavior patterns are habitual. We know that. Poor communication from the top. Did the leadership of the company or the organization really communicate what they wanted to say? Um, processes are not necessary. Processes are not put in place to guarantee the desired outcome. So we've identified the desired outcome. We know what we want to happen. We don't want to do that anymore. We want to fix it so that doesn't happen anymore. So but we don't put the processes in place to guarantee. We may have the correct idea of what to do, but how can you guarantee it? And you can if you put processes in place to measure. Never, Leonard said it at the top of the show, never underestimate the power of culture. It is waiting to take back and do what it used to do. It is waiting to take you. So what do you put in place to not let that happen? Um, So some of the things are, first, you have to understand that culture, the culture that does exist, not the culture you want to have. I gave you that example of a a customer or a a staff member with the F-bomb. Yeah. I was once uh, in in the mid-2000s, 2005 or six. I took a consulting role at a very small card manufacturer, credit card manufacturer in this country. Um, I had left the big guy after 23, 24 years. It was time to find something else. So I took this job as a consultant because I didn't want to move to his town. And... He continuously said to me, can you grow this thing? Can you grow this? He wanted to be one of the big guys. Can you grow it? Can you grow it? Can you grow it? This is the owner. And, you know, finally, finally, uh, I was able to take my dreams, all these ideas that I had had all my career. I know how to do this faster. I know how to do it better. I know how to improve the quality. I know how to make it less expensive for the customer. And I know the most importantly, how to put it in their hands really quickly, because that's really what they wanted, the marketplace. And so with the owner's support, he gave me the money that I needed to re-equip and to begin to train the people. We brought people in from our suppliers to do a bunch of training. We revolutionized the way credit cards are made, completely revolutionized it. And it worked and it was wonderful. And instead of delivering in eight weeks, we were delivering in eight days. And everything is good, and it's all in place, and we're ready to have a formal kickoff. We have a party, a big luncheon. We bring in all kinds of great food, and everybody is excited. And I leave with the sales folks to go explain to the customers and the marketplace what we're doing. I was gone two weeks. When I came back, what do you think my team was doing? Are they? They were doing it the old. They were doing it the old way. Mm. <laughs> they were totally doing it the old. Way. They ran into some trouble. Something didn't work well, 
and they felt it was best to go back to the old way in order to keep machines moving and billing coming in rather than to try to solve the problem. That is what I'm talking about when I say never underestimate the power of culture. It was the best eye-opener in my career to see that happen. I laughed my butt off when I saw that. Ultimately, we fixed it. Ultimately, we put the things in place to measure ourselves so we knew how we were not only performing it to our customers' expectations, but we knew how we were performing to our cultural expectations. And that's where the key difference was. I remember when I was working at American Honda, the large automobile manufacturer, um, like we had a sheet and on that sheet we were told to say that the president was one person, but for about an entire year, the president had already moved on and resigned from his position and there was someone else. And that culture in that company was so out of date that they never updated that sheet. So the people who would be answering the calls would be giving inaccurate information about who the president of the company was because it was a year old. That, that, that's a great example. Um, that's a perfect example. So, and these things not only work in a big organization, you're speaking of one, I've been speaking of them, but they also work for sole proprietors. Who do you, who are you? What is your culture? Even if it's just you, who do you deal with? Who do you want your customers to be? What suppliers will you not deal with? And for what reason? You have them. What's yeah. the culture that you define? Because as you add people, Leonard, I think about this with you, because I know that you're growing your, uh, your organization. And so I think to myself, I hope he is taking the time to be sure that these people he's bringing in absolutely subs- understand the culture that he's trying to build and they subscribe to it and that you have a way to measure it to make sure that they are doing as has been defined. Or in a larger company, perhaps you sit down with the leadership team and define the desired culture. Team, who do we want to be? Who are we? How do we get things done? How do we treat each other? How do we treat our customers? How do we treat our suppliers? Getting the culture to kind of get down right. And I can understand where you're coming from because there's just so many different moving components to it that just getting that culture completely in shape it's, it's a difficult task for a lot of sole proprietors, a lot of small businesses, a lot of medium businesses, and even large businesses to really get a nail down right. Well, it's certainly an ongoing job. It's not that you finish it one day and say, okay, I've, I've accomplished the cultural uh, task. That doesn't happen. And culture changes as requirements change. Culture changes as you bring new people in or culture potentially changes as you bring new people in, which is you know, part of the solution that I'll get to, which is hire the right people. How do you know? Leonard, how do you know these associates you're bringing in subscribe to the culture of the organization you're trying to build? Have you defined the culture? Have you had those conversations with the people? You know, who do you, who do you want them to be? So we're going to get a little more into that. I am watching the clock, so I don't go too crazy because I'll never finish all this, but I hope I inspire some kind of thinking by your listeners. Um, Once you understand the culture that you have and compare it to the culture that you want to be, whether you've done that as the owner or the proprietor or you've done it with a team of people, once you understand the differences, the next thing there is to define the necessary steps to get there. How will you get from A to B? And uh, I took a company, as I told you, I took a company that went from an eight-week delivery to an eight-day delivery. I did it, but that wasn't enough, was it? We did it. So that's the first step, but I didn't take the subsequent steps. So one of the things you could do, of course, is seek outside help if necessary. I'm not trying to ask for consulting gigs. In fact, I really don't think I want them on this topic, but 
there are people outside who can come in and help you with your company um, if you can afford that kind of thing. Otherwise, read my stuff, call me anytime, send me an email, and I'd be happy to help the folks. Um, you also, so you're identifying the changes to make, and you know that making those changes are cultural. That is so critical because once you're there, you know what to change and you're absolutely convinced you understand now that these are cultural changes. But the organization is powerful and change won't happen just because you say so from now on. That doesn't work ever. The leader stands up in front of the company and says, from now on, I want you all to do better. Well, what does that even mean? but they do it every day. So uh, is the change that you're looking at, does it fall into the cultural definition? Treat behavioral and process changes as cultural. Seek and build consensus among your team. That's a big part of accomplishing this. Build consensus. Clearly define the change to make is the goal. Assemble a uh, cultural change implementation team that reports to the highest, most senior person in the company. Cultural implementation team. It's helpful, really is. Set a schedule to implement. They don't get to work on something for years. We all agree in the beginning that to implement this change and be successful with it and make it cultural changed, not changing, but changed, that's going to take, and everybody comes to an agreement that it's two months or six months or three months, whatever it might be, and then hold that team as the leader accountable to it. Have a company reward for the successful change. Every company is different. I can't tell you how to reward your people. It could be a pizza party. It could be a bonus check. It could be uh, an ice cream truck pulling up at lunchtime and giving everybody some ice cream. Uh, it could be a vacation, you know, depending on who you are. But all of those things work. Even the well, ice cream. things sound good to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and Leonard, I was laughing this morning as I looked at one of your pictures on Twitter. I thought one of the rewards could be a little teddy bear. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, if you're not following Leonard on Twitter, you you, you don't know that he was at a hotel and one of the little welcome packages that they gave him, I think I have this right, Leonard, was he got this little teddy bear. And he was so enamored that that hotel would go so far to give him this little teddy bear. That meant so much to him that I'm sure they made a new customer and Leonard takes that teddy bear wherever he goes. Yeah, it hangs out with me everywhere. That's, it's my friend. That's <laughs> Leonard, it's cultural. They made this change about showing you their heart, showing yeah. you they, they're concerned for your happiness and well-being. And let us give you just this small example of how much we care about you. And it, and it showed you that, didn't it? They cared about you to the point where you can't let that thing go. I think it's yeah, great. Right. I think it's I get along. very exciting. It's really nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. clearly define the change to make as the goal. Assemble an implementation team. Set a schedule to implement. Have a company reward. And, uh, you know, uh, we can talk about how to solve some of the cases specifically, but I'm going to come back to that if there's time, about how did I solve that problem in that little company where they went back to the old way. You know what? I'm going to touch that one right now. What did I not do that caused those people to go back to the old way and throw out everything, every penny we invested? What did I not do? Well, number one, I didn't use my, my motto in life, which is never show your butt. Because if you do, it's going to get kicked. So yeah. I didn't cover it. I didn't cover it. I didn't have somebody, I didn't tell somebody, hey, if anything goes wrong, call me. I'm on the road. Call me. I didn't do yeah. that. I didn't have anybody in the shop assigned, this is your change to manage. Got any trouble? Call me. But this is yours. You own it. I didn't do that. So I put those kinds of things in place so that 
there was this rope tied around my ankle. And anytime somebody were to step out of line on the culture we defined, my leg would wiggle. That's figurative, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last thing I did, and the biggest thing I did, was I took the owner of the company who was coming in periodically to watch all this. I forbid him from coming to the company anymore. Wow. Because he was the big, well, he was the big leader of the old way. And every time he came in, somebody would ask him a question and he would push them inadvertently in the wrong direction. So I said to my good friend, Jim, if you really want me to do this and grow this thing, you stay out. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> someone has to just stay out of the picture for things to really work. Right. He couldn't get it done before. He's not going to get it done now. So just stay aside. And uh, I can tell you that after we ran that guy's business for two years, not even two years, um, his top line and bottom line quadrupled. Wow. And he was able to he was able to sell that company to, for forty million dollars. That's pretty awesome. Forty million dollars. Yeah, it was, that's uh, it, it, it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, it's about time for us to get off to another commercial break, and I mean, ending it with forty million dollars sounds like a great way to go. Uh, if anyone wants <laughs> to find you online, where could they find you, Gary? Yeah, I would I would request that people email me at G Smythe S M Y T H E at Strategies LLC dot net. Be glad to entertain any questions at any time. And you can always find me at uh, Mr. Larry Kim on Twitter and we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, Gary and Leonard here. We've been speaking a lot about cultural changes and how cultural changes help 
Gary helped one of the companies that he worked with uh, get sold for $50 million. And that's yeah, 40, pretty, $40 million. $40 million. Yeah, that was Sorry. Very successful. Yeah. That's a pretty significant milestone for any type of business owner. And it all comes down to culture. And it's kind of insane how culture could just reshape a company and make it so much more profitable. And uh, you said you quadrupled the business line as well, which is absolutely amazing. Um, what, what should we get into now, Gary? Well, just a few more things about um, how to go ahead and get uh, successfully change culture. Measure culture as you would production or waste or sales or overtime. Measure it. It gets on the company dashboard. Measure culture. Maybe it's an arrow. Maybe it's a statement. Maybe it's a circle filled in halfway or full, but it needs to be looked at by all senior management all the time. Include cultural failures and successes and discuss them all. You can have a lot of fun talking about the failures. You can hear the things I'm saying, some awful failures, but we had fun through it and we corrected it and, um, and got past it. Uh, include culture discussions at all employee meetings. So this is the kind of company we want to be, and this is the kind of company we think we are, as our our staff, our team, our, our employees, have we made it? Ask them. What are we missing? What are you doing right and doing wrong? Um, eliminate culture killers. You know what? There's culture killers. Recognize that you can't change negative people with negative attitudes. Get rid of them. They're constant complainers. They're going to ruin the culture. Just get rid of them. And it's hard to say, and I hate that, but they're not going to bring, it's not who you want to be on your team. Hostile environments at any level can never be tolerated. Never. Not even if they're jokes. Cannot be tolerated. We sometimes tend to put processes in place that simply can't be followed. We're, we're so smart as company owners and leaders and uh, churchgoers and family. We put things in process or we've put things in play that our kids can't follow. So change it. It's okay. It's okay to change it. Recognize that sometimes it's not that the people aren't following the process. It's that the people can't follow the process. Be open to that. Hire only people who can specifically be identified as someone who can support the culture that you're building. Yeah. Important. It's as important as anything else. When you're hiring people, can they join the culture? Maybe they just can't. That doesn't make them bad. It's just not for you. Um, reward the culture changers. We talked about that. Make culture change a part of any employee review. Include it as part of wages. Have a trophy that gets passed from person to person. The culture changer of the month or something, you know, culture changers, they're there, they're in your organization. If you're a company of three, you have a culture changer, it might be you on your team. They exist. Reward them, identify them, celebrate success. I said pizza parties and gift cards and uh, make it a big deal. That was my only point. Celebrate your successes. Um, all organizations, my summation, all organizations require cultural change for so many different reasons. Most companies fail to implement the change because they believe that simple words turn into desired actions from now on. Understanding and careful planning, cultural changes can and should be made. And I just gave you a, I just gave you a month of presentation in, uh, in less than an hour. So, um, Never underestimate the power of culture. From now on is a disastrous place to be. People are challenging your thinking. It's worth listening to. Uh, when you're uh, just a couple of other ideas that surrounding culture, when considering entering into a partnership and your friends and suppliers and associates and customers tell you they don't trust the person you're joining partners with, stop and seriously consider your decision that's cultural that is cultural yeah. if you're going to if you're going to partner up with somebody who's not like you and isn't honest and open and uh, uh, well received by the marketplace that's cultural it'll never work and it's okay that person should go do something else no matter how much money they have 
and someday we'll do this again, and I'll talk to you about how that went. Uh, generally speaking, culturally, don't help your competitors. Generally speaking, that is not a good idea. It never works out well. Sounds good. Sounds open. Sounds friendly. Sounds loving. It's not a good idea. It doesn't really ever seem Race. like a good idea. Like, I've been talking with someone who's been a competitor of mine for, I don't know, the last five, six years, but then he's pivoted into a different business. I'm like, if you stay in that business, I'll help you, but if you jump back in my business, no. <laughs> right, that's it. Yeah. And then with, with all these things going on, and we shouldn't even have to say this, but but I will because it's our world today, so racism... Uh, misogyny, body, body shaming, expressing anti-gay feelings, you know, all of that stuff is not, it's not funny. It's not funny and should never be tolerated. Yeah. It's I, had a, I had a business, I had a business part, I had a business partner who would sneak, use his phone and sneak taking photos of very overweight people on the plane and then bring them back to the company. This is a, a, you know, one of the owners of the business. Bring them back to the company and show them around and everybody had to pretend to laugh because it was the owner of the company. Yeah. What kind of culture is that? That's terrible. I think it stems from maybe like high school like or middle high because I remember back in uh, high yeah. school, a lot of people just made fun of a lot of people. Well, we don't. We shouldn't even tolerate that anymore, as as parents or our family members. That that just shouldn't be tolerated anymore. I think as a country, we've grown past that. Yeah, and it's and it's time and it's time to show it. It's time to act like who we want to be. My company, if I had one today, would never allow that kind of thing and any kind of uh, action taken by my team along those lines. They'd be terminated. Not going to tolerate it. It's not who we are. We don't tolerate it. It's not funny. And if that's really what you think, and you think it's funny, then okay, you know, no, no hard feelings. Go work somewhere else, because we don't want that here, and our customers don't want it. In my business, we were dealing with very large customers with some pretty serious rules: American Express, Bank of America, Citibank, Chase, all these people who buy credit cards. Do you think they allow that? No, well, of course not. Culturally, because... they, we, culturally, they say they don't. I'm, I'm not sure what really goes on, but they say they don't. Yeah, I mean, like, especially for those larger companies, like, if you're culturally against that, but you have a product that services everyone, then are you really servicing everyone? Right. Yeah. Or, or how about keep an eye? Everybody listening and Leonard, keep an eye, keep an ear. So watch as Minneapolis or some of the other uh, police departments use words like, from now on, we're not going to do that anymore. From now on, we're not going to use that knee thing anymore. Yeah. And there it is. The rule is made and we're all done with it, right? Wrong. And the reason these things haven't changed, even though... The people of the town and the town leadership, they've all been trying to drive this change, but the leaders of the police departments and the superintendents and the chiefs have all been doing the from now on routine. Yeah. They don't know it. They don't understand it, but that's what they're doing, and it doesn't work. Never underestimate the power of culture. Yeah. It's waiting is. to come back. It is waiting to come back. Anyway, Which I see we're very interesting. Time and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You watch, watch in your lives how many times you hear or see from now on. It may be, you know, going forward. People say that a lot. Going forward. Well, going forward what? Well, we're not going to do that anymore. Okay. What have you done about it? How will you know? What happens if you do? Yeah. And... Um, 
I think it's like what they're doing is they're taking this overly complex issue and they're trying to issue a simple solution to it. But then I don't think it really works like that. I think the solution has to be a little bit more grandiose in order for it to actually be able to be implemented properly. They need to get down in the culture of the company, the culture of the department, the culture of the television show, the culture of the workplace, the culture of the universities, and change the culture. It's not easy. You cannot have success until you change the culture. Yeah. The culture is a really uh, defining moment for all of these companies. Well, uh, Gary, it was uh, so great to have you on the show today to really go and share all of your expertise, all of the things that you've seen, all of the things that you kind of went through your own, on your own, and all these different things about culture and how essential it is, just not in the business world, but in our world in general. And I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to come and share your advice with all of our listeners today. If there was one piece of advice that you would leave everyone with and your contact information so people could get a hold of you, what would be that one piece of advice? Well, to get a hold of me again, it's G Smythe, S-M-Y-T-H-E, at strategiesllc.net. And uh, operators are standing by. No. Um, and the and the one piece on this topic, anyway, that we've talked about today, the one piece that I would leave you all with is never underestimate the power of culture. Without culture management, change is not going to happen. And with that, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, this is Leonard Kim. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. You can check out my book, Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.